Hello, everyone, and welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Classroom to Boardroom, where we explore job search tips and strategies for recent college grads who are entering the workforce. Today, we're addressing a recent study that found that American millennials are lacking in literacy, math, and technology skills, which may have a direct impact on their performances in the workplace. To discuss this study, I'm joined today by Lindsay Pollack. Lindsay is a millennial workplace expert and the New York Times bestselling author of Becoming the Boss. She's also the spokesperson for The Hartford. Thanks for joining me today, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. So I'll provide just a little bit of background for our listeners here before we get into the questions. The research that we're talking about today comes from Princeton's Educational Testing Service, And they conducted a test called the Program for the International Assessment of Adult Competencies. And this was used to measure the job skills of people between the ages of 16 to 65 in 23 different countries. The test actually revealed that American millennials are behind most of the countries that were included in the study in the areas of math, literacy, and technology. So specifically in each of those categories, In literacy, American millennials were ranked 21st out of the 23 countries. In math, the millennials were ranked 23rd of the 23 countries. And then in technology, which most people might consider to be a shock, the American millennials were tied with three other countries for last place. So I wanted to ask you, Lindsay, as someone who works frequently with millennials, Overall, what are your initial thoughts on this study and this information? So it's concerning. I don't think anyone would not be concerned by the fact that America is ranking very low on these tests, but I really appreciate the opportunity to kind of dig deeper into the reasons why this might be the case. Um, And I think there are a couple of factors. I think it's really important to think about just testing in general. Mm -hmm. A lot of other cultures, Japan comes to mind, are very, very focused on testing and memorization. Um, And America is often, not always, but often much more focused on expression and creativity and different ways of thinking. We don't tend to teach people in terms of rote memorization. So I think that is a factor, and it's always been a factor for decades in the way America tests, particularly against companies like Japan, for example. So I think that's something. But I do think it's really important to look at the importance of technology and literacy and math to the careers that millennials are preparing for. Mm -hmm. I don't think it is a secret that we all want to improve the education system and improve the skills of our young people. And maybe this is a little bit of a wake-up call um, that we need to be a little bit more focused on the kinds of skills, particularly technology, as you mentioned, that are going to be the competencies young people need to succeed in the future. And you had mentioned that maybe a difference in cultures, maybe the U.S. is not as focused on memorization of facts, could have contributed to the differences in the test scores. Are there any other factors that you think maybe contributed to the millennials' poor performance on the test? You know, I think it could be a lot of things, and and there were a lot of ways that they broke down the information. There are certainly critics who would argue that millennials perhaps are, quote, more entitled than other generations or believe have more confidence in their abilities than they actually have skills to match. So I think some of that might be the case. But I think it's concerning. I think there are competencies, particularly literacy, um, where we really need to strive to do better. And I'm not afraid to say that. And I think most people would agree 
that this might be a wake-up call and, and I would ask millennials how they feel. Um, I'd love to hear feedback from millennials, from college students, from recent grads about whether they think this is the case among their peers and whether they think we need to do something about it. Now, in any study, you know, you can take away some truths. You can take away maybe some information that needs more investigating. Usually anything, you can't just take it for solid truth without doing more of that research. But in general, what truth or what true things can you see in this study that we can take away from and that we can learn from? You know, I think probably, you know, everything is an average, right? Our, our ranked score is an average. So I would guess that there are phenomenally talented people who scored very well in our country and others. And then I think there are a lot of people at the bottom, you know, and I think it brings up this issue of inequalities in the education system. Are we making sure that everybody is going to have a fair shot at the careers of the future? Are we focusing too much on people at the top? So I think the truth of this is that an average score is just an average. There are always people at the top and the bottom. So that's something to think about. But I also think that, that we need to really think long and hard about the competencies for the future. And I was actually pleased. I often see these scores as just science and math bemoaning America's position in science and math. I was frankly thrilled that literacy was included. I think a lot of employers are telling me, yes, we need technologists for the future. Yes, we need people to understand computer programming. But we also very much need people who can read and write and be critical thinkers. And that's something that I hear a lot from the employers that I speak to. That's interesting. So then what are maybe some misconceptions that you think the study has or maybe some pieces of information that we, we need to investigate more that may not be true or maybe are not true just in this study? What would you say we should maybe think about more or research more? You know, in my role as a spokesperson for the Hartford, we conducted a study last year called the 2014 Millennial Leadership Survey. And what we found is millennials, you know, have the reputation, as most of us know, of not remaining with employers, of, you know, jumping around from job to job. And we asked millennials, what would it take for a company to keep you? What factors do you most want your company to invest in to make you the great leader that you could be? And 83% of millennials told us they feel like leaders, so they want to grow their leadership skills. And the number one answer they said employers can do is training training and development. So I think there's sort of a, a little bit of an underlying theme in this research that millennials don't want to learn or they're not good students. I think millennials are desperate and excited and eager for training. And I think our survey results show that. So I think the message to employers is, what are we going to do about this? And I don't think it's complain about it. I think it's give millennials more training, make them better. And I think it's up to employers and universities and individuals themselves to do that training. But I think there is a, a misconception that millennials don't want to get better, don't want to learn. I mm -hmm. think they absolutely do. And I think our, our surveys really prove that. And I think another thing to keep in mind, too, is that historically, Americans have been behind other countries in these areas for years. I don't have any exact statistics to back it up, but we know that we haven't always been number one in all of these areas. So it's not necessarily that the millennials have dropped. It's just that this is a pattern that we've seen for many years. I think that's a terrific and important point. If we were first last year and 23rd this year, I'd be highly freaking out right now mm -hmm. <laughs> about the millennial generation. But we weren't, you know, like we, we have not always been at the top. And we still have tremendous success. Fried Zakaria in the Washington Post just recently wrote an article saying, you know, we still are the most innovative, the most entrepreneurial, the highest investment 
I think just behind Israel and entrepreneurship um, and venture capital. So creativity, entrepreneurialism, you know, we still lead in many areas. But again, that doesn't mean that we don't need additional training and education for this generation. Um, so I think they're, they're kind of dual goals here, which is don't freak out, but mm-hmm. give millennials more training. Right. And so it's also important to note that in this study, the U.S. millennials scored lower than Americans in older generations. So I think that is important to keep in mind, especially because they have more education than any other generation in American history. What would be your take on this particular bit of information? I think it was surprising, but I think, again, it's a wake-up call and and possibly a positive one. Mm -hmm. I talk a lot, not just about the millennial generation in my work, but also all of the generations in the workplace, the traditionalists, the baby boomers, the Generation Xers, the millennials, and soon-to-be the Generation Zs born um, after the year 2000. We all have a lot to teach each other. Baby boomers and Gen Xers in particular have an enormous amount of information and training and skills to pass along to the millennials. So I think intergenerational conversations are very important. One of the things that we talk about a lot in my work with the Hartford is the U.S. Department of Labor predicts that by the year 2020, 50% of the U.S. workforce will be millennial. That's kind of the tipping point. So we talk about what is the Hartford's plan? What should a company's plan be to really survive and thrive in 2020 and beyond? We call it the 2020 Millennial Action Plan or the 2020 MAP. And I really encourage millennials to advise their companies, anyone listening to this who um, is running an organization that's heavily, heavily millennial, to think about what's your 2020 map? How are you going to make sure that these skills that boomers and Generation Xers and traditionalists have and score well on, how are you going to make sure that those are passed along to your future leaders who are the millennials? And that actually leads into the next question I had, which was, We have a lot of emphasis in our country on education, earning degrees, earning certifications, and going through a lot of training. But would you say that we as a nation have maybe missed some opportunities to teach millennials basic skills? I think that basic skills are always part of the equation. And I I know that one of the things that I hear out there from companies is that some of the things that boomers and Generation Xers and traditionalists are good at, like talking on the phone professionally, writing professionally, communicating eyeball to eyeball, negotiating, that a lot of previous generations considered those common sense and Mm. didn't necessarily learn them formally. And now, because of technology, a lot of those things are not as common sense as they used to be. So they do need to be taught. And yeah, I, I, I would agree that it's a little bit of a wake-up call that things that we didn't used to have to teach because they were skills you used every day in life, we don't have to use as much anymore, but we still need to teach because they're still important. And face-to-face communication would probably be at the top of that list. And as you had mentioned, millennials are a growing generation. I found a statistic that said this year in 2015, millennials will surpass the baby boomers as the largest living generation in the U.S. Of course, many of those are young, not into the workforce yet. But in light of this information, what should employers or managers be thinking about in terms of should they be worried about these findings? Should they be taking action to ensure that millennials are ready for their employment? What's your take on that? You know, my philosophy in life is, you know, worry is not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? And have a 2020 map, a millennial action plan, 
what are you going to do in your particular world, whether you run a business, whether you run a nonprofit, whether you are involved in your community, even if it's your own family, or if it's you as a millennial, what are you going to do to make sure that you're ready for the millennial-led future? Are you going to find a mentor of another generation? Are you going to start a training program in your company to make sure that millennials have the skills they need? I think the time for complaining or worrying has got to go pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. We've got to take action. Um, And I think it's up to each and every one of us to continue to keep our country great, to keep our organizations thriving. And and to millennials, I would say we can't just rely on schools and our companies to teach us. We, you know, millennials really have to take it upon themselves as well. And I think this is a very energetic, leadership-driven generation. So I think they're absolutely up to the task. But you know, it takes a lot of work to, to be great. And I think millennials have it in them. And I think the rest of us can do a lot to support them in that effort. And so you gave us a lot of good advice for how millennials can take initiative and really develop their growth and their skills. Is there anything on the employer side that maybe they could be doing to foster growth in their millennial employees? Or is that even their responsibility? Is it the employee's own responsibility to be developing those skills and fostering that growth? I believe it's a shared responsibility of, you know, employers and employees, really all Americans, if I can get dramatic about it. I think <laughs> that this is up to all of us. So a couple of things that employers can do. One is to develop a reverse mentoring or reciprocal mentoring program. Match some of your most skilled, successful senior executives with young people in your organization. But it's not just the older people guiding the younger people. It's also the younger people's sharing their perspective with the older employees, what they want to learn, where they need training, making sure it's a two-way conversation. Also, make sure that whenever thinking about big decisions in your company, have all the generations represented. I think we really need to keep these multiple generation uh, perspectives in context. And then the third tip is really to make sure that the 2020 Millennial Action Plan is in place, particularly in the way of training. Be very honest in identifying the skills that you feel are missing in the millennials in your organization. And rather than complaining about it or shaming them or, you know, just sitting around and bemoaning the fact that the young people today aren't as good as they used to be, do something about it. And, you know, formal training programs are great, but there's also so much low-cost training available online, through community groups, employees training each other. I think a plan is the next step. And, uh, Maybe this study that we've been talking about could be the wake-up call that that gets people to get ready and put things on paper. And I think you've offered a lot of helpful advice for both our management listening and millennials who are getting into their careers and hoping to develop more skills. As we look to wrap up, I wanted to give you the floor at the end here just to give any final words of advice that you might have to millennials. Maybe they had read the study and they felt a little discouraged or maybe they felt challenged to improve themselves. What would you give as a final message to those people? I would say take action and be the CEO of your own career. Don't wait for your company to react to these numbers. Don't wait for someone to offer you training. If you want to get better and be the leader that you know you can be, step up and start to improve yourself, work on your skills, find a mentor, watch a YouTube video about using Excel, whatever it is that you feel you need. Take a first step today, um, and I think that that will be noticed by your organization and will lead to more training and improvement in the future as well. And with that final word of advice, we will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to Lindsay Pollock discuss the findings of a recent ETS study. Thanks for sharing your outlook with our listeners today, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. 
And if you'd like to get in touch with us, please email ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or follow us on Twitter under at the LJN. For all of us here at LJN Radio, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us.